0: I'm Yamilka Rodriguez, and this is the Brand Therapist Podcast, where we come together and deep dive into the psychology of branding. We live in a new era that asks us to step up and show our individuality, learn what makes us unique and different in this world. Let's open the door to possibilities so you can win in business, life, and relationships, because Everything starts with you. Hello and welcome to the Brand Therapist podcast. I am so excited to have our guest here today, April Griffith Taylor. Before we get started, let me read her bio. April Griffith Taylor, a native of Cincinnati, Ohio, which I love Cincinnati is a human resources leader with over 30 years of experience encompassing talent acquisition, talent management, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. April has earned dual bachelor's degree in mass communications and journalism from Indiana State University and an MBA from Ashland University. She also holds a professional and human resources PHR certification and a Lean Six Sigma Green Belt certification in human resources. April has held board memberships with National Black MBA Associations and Newsreel Magazine for the Blind. And as a recipient of Who's Who in Black Columbus, April has used her corporate platform to raise diversity, equity, and inclusion awareness in corporate America. April currently resides in Columbus, Ohio, and lives by Modo of Healthy Mind, Body and Soul. Welcome, 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 April.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: So I'm so excited to get the conversation going. First of all, tell me a little bit about what you do, how you serve your clients,
1: and a little bit more about your business. Great. Thank you for asking. I'm someone who loves to learn, so I'm a huge advocate of learning. So everything that I've learned in my 30 years in human resources, I use to my advantage in both my business as well as my personal life. I'm currently kind of pivoting right now from a manufacturing human resources capacity more to my personal branding, which speaks of authenticity and candor. I absolutely love helping people to uh, be authentic as possible, not only in their business and not only in their business space, but also in their personal space as well. I always say transparency is a gift, and that's something that I've utilized throughout my career, and that's what I'm teaching others to do in the next phase of my career.
0: Oh, I love it. And we are going to dive into personal branding in just a minute. But let me ask you this. I always tell people to tell us a story about childhood, because this wouldn't be a brand therapy podcast if we didn't talk about childhood, and how that connects to what you do today.
1: That is a very, very good question. As a child, I could clearly recall being my parents. I came from a large family, seven of us total. And we had a big Winnebago camper and dad and mom would take us everywhere in that Winnebago camper. (laughs) And it was back in the, you know, back in the seventies. So we stayed at KOA campgrounds. So I'm 10 years old and I'm playing with other little girls at the KOA campsite that I just met. I, I, I never meet strangers. So everyone that I meet, I'm like, let's play, let's have some fun. So we got our hands dirty in the creek. So we were washing our hands in one of the restrooms and the little girl had said to me, she said, that can't wash off. I said, what is that? She said, you're washing your hands, but that your skin color can't wash off. And I said, no, no, nope, not yet. No, nope, <laughs> no. Nope. I really didn't understand what she was talking about because my parents had always taught me to treat everyone equally and to make sure that you, you're respecting your elders, no matter what those elders are. and definitely. They taught me just to love and treat everyone equally. So she didn't understand, and I didn't understand what she meant. So when I got back to the trailer, I, I asked my mom about it. I said, Mom, I think I'm different than someone else. And I really didn't have a sense of being different. than I just felt like a, a 10-year-old girl, just like everyone else. So I lean into that As I'm growing and learning and becoming, the girl becomes a young woman, and the young woman becomes a woman in the workforce, and and the young woman in the workforce becomes a mentor to others. I always think about that story, about how we're so different, and it's interesting that she would point out the differences, but in my mind and in my heart, I felt the same as she felt, And, and she didn't think anything of it. She just had questions. So I always look to that type of innocence in my business and in my personal life and just asking from a a point of innocence and and having empathy for that other individual who, who may or may not know.
0: I love that. That's a beautiful story. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means from an archetype standpoint. But let me ask you this. Do you consider that you have a personal brand? And if so, tell me a little bit about it. How do you define it?
1: I define my personal brand as someone who's honest in sincerity. I really want a sense of community. I've always had that sense of community ever since I was a child. I can clearly remember being five, six, seven years old, going out and doing community service. And my parents told me, no matter what you do, need that be... Working in the community, working in the church, working at school, you have these areas that you build community because all of it matters. So my personal brand would be that of bringing people together in a community and celebrating your uniqueness, your differences, as well as the fact that we're all human.
0: Exactly. I love that. So if I ask you how important is it for you to deliver on a consistent message, what would you say?
1: I'd say it is extremely imperative. That's a key part of my branding is is to be as authentic as humanly possible. I have been in many, many situations in my corporate world and and in my personal world where the only way that I could get through those really sticky issues is to be authentic and to come to the table with a sense of, I'm curious. I want to know. And I think that's the reason why when I went to college, my dad wanted me to be an architect. But I told him I wanted to major in communication and journalism. And at first, he was apprehensive about it. And then he just thought to himself, you know, if you learn to speak well, if you learn to write well and communicate with others, it will take you far no matter where, And which is what I've been doing.
0: Oh, how beautiful. So let me ask you, what is your
1: greatest fear? Oh, my goodness. It's a fear that I struggle with often. And I think that women, all women will resonate with this, the fear of not being accepted. I've grown. I've learned as a young child. I've learned what it's like to be on the outside looking in, but still be okay being on the outside looking in. I've grown as a young woman in a corporate male-dominated environment, and I've grown working in manufacturing. And it's through those experiences that I learned being different. Yes, it is something to fear. We all want to be accepted. We all want to be liked. But guess what? There are some circumstances that that's going to have to take a back page. What really matters is that you're respected and you're heard. It is really the key to overcoming that fear of being rejected.
0: Yeah, I love that. I had you answer a quick quiz around your personality of, I call it your brand personality. I use archetypes to help people define their brand. And you came out with The Girl Next Door. So I love it because everything you've said is right on point, but I'm going to read it to you. And then you're going to tell me, how you resonate with it. All people are created equal. A good guy sees the world full of people and is attracted to things that enable them to connect, interact, and belong. The motivation is community. The need is to be part of a tribe. The fear is being rejected. And the behaviors is works to be part of the tribe, makes others feel included, and makes practical choices.
1: When I took that test, it totally and completely resonated with me. It was scary. I kind of put <laughs> it down for a moment. It was scary. It was a scary thing. It was fearful because I put a label on it. It's resonating. It it, it was me. It was clearly me. In the, what you spoke about, the girl next door, I always thought that Jennifer Aniston and kind of the type of person that she portrays in Friends, It was clearly me. I I wondered why I always gravitated towards her character. It was just clearly it. It was was amazing. I love it. And it spoke to what I've always been taught as a child, what I've always learned as an adult, what I will continue to do as a mentor and, and senior leader within organizations. I'm here to help to build culture. And culture is nothing more than the people you sit with every day at work or the people you reach out to doing your Zoom calls. It's that type of community. It's building community.
0: I love it because I'm always impressed with just two questions kind of delivering right on point. But also, I use archetypes to help people really define their personal brand. And it helps me also execute on that personal brand. Because I don't think it's enough to, obviously it is enough to know how to communicate and all these things, but then how does it look after that? What is maybe a template or a logo or a website kind of look like that represents that within you? So there's five words and I'm going to have you define them on how you would define these words. There's five specifically to the girl next door. So friendly. Friendly.
1: To be friendly is to be open and and honest to the individuals that you're interacting with at that point in time.
0: Empathetic.
1: Oh, big word for me. That's my big heart word. (laughs) I'm a huge person on building empathy and creating empathy. Empathy is being able to share some of the problems and the pain of what someone is experienced experience help to help to sit with them as they experience the frustration without taking on the actual burden of their pr- frustrations. So it's very simple, in my opinion, to empathize with someone. For example, just this morning I read an article that Martha Stewart had indicated that. Oh, if we don't go back to a workplace environment, corporate America is going to be destroyed, or America is going to be destroyed. And I thought to myself, that's not being very empathetic to those individuals and those women that can't necessarily go back to the office at this point in time. And is that being empathetic to those individuals in this lifetime that want that balance? I'm sure she's speaking of of herself and maybe of her organization, but to have that platform and to speak as a whole, I have been preaching to managers and leaders since 2004 that work from home is the way to go. You'll get more out of the person. It's about building, bringing the whole person to work and not leaving that person at work and bringing the work to the home because it's part of who you are. It builds the it builds empathy for others. I remember
0: being in Cincinnati at work and I had been in my job for about 13 years, 14 years. And so I asked my manager at the time and I said, hey, I'm going to get married to somebody in Louisville, Kentucky, and I would love to work from Louisville. And I had already started taking Fridays and working Fridays from Louisville, which they were totally fine with. And this is before he kind of started. And then uh, he said to me, nope, that's not possible. Like right there. And then like, he didn't even try to say, Hey, let me find out if we can look at it. Or let me talk to a few people. He was just like, no, we don't do that. And that's not possible. And I was like, okay, well then I have to leave the company." Because for me, I was willing to drive back and forth at least once a week or whatever was needed or for special meetings or whatever it was. But because, you know, it's an hour and a half drive and I was, uh, you know, willing to do a few different things to make that work. But definitely their mind was so stuck on it's not possible. And now a lot of people do different things at the same company, but it was just like in that time it was just something that he couldn't probably couldn't empathize with me on that or, or something like that. So I love that you brought that up. And then I was like, Oh my God, that memory came by. And, and I think a lot of people are suffering from those things, right? They are struggling because they want to stay at a company, but the company isn't giving them the flexibility that they need. And so then they have no choice but to, to leave that company and they might be an excellent employee but their inflexibility doesn't let them nurture different perspectives. We thank our sponsor, BespokeBranding.io. Tailored branding to reach your ideal client. Gain a deeper level of understanding to empower your brand and purpose and rule the market. We know what it's like to journey from a place of feeling overwhelmed and undervalued to being powerful, understood, and authentic. Your brand identity allows you to live your purpose. The Brand Therapist has 20 years of branding and design experience, has transformed billion-dollar brands, and has eight-plus years of guiding women entrepreneurs to realize their potential. I invite you to take the brand quiz, and you can find it at www. BespokeBranding.io.
1: What is realistic to you? Realistic is, to me, means something that is tangible, something that definitely has value to you, and something that you can really move forward with and have a, a basis of trust.
0: Inclusive.
1: Oh, another one of my heart words. <laughs> To be inclusive is to make certain that you are leveling out the playing ground, the table, the playground, however you so that all parties may participate and become as equally as successful as some others have already been in the past. So It's, an, it's very, very imperative that we level the playing field. And that doesn't mean because someone's had privilege for X amount of years, that they won't. It's just that it's now time to share some of the burden and the responsibility for those who have less to make sure that those who have more are giving. It's important. What about accepting? Accepting is an opportunity to really use your heart and your mind to work with an individual or communicate with an individual at their level, whatever that level might be. For example, Sunday I was with my family in Cincinnati and my little cousin, she's two years old, she's smart as could be. And I do know and having conversations with my mom and my sisters, when she comes into the picture, I turn around, I pick her up, I make sure that we're at eye level and we have conversations, whereas my mother and others might want to conversate according to her two-year-old self or two-year-old mind. I know at the age of two, she could comprehend a lot. So I'm asking questions, how are you today? How has your day been? What did you learn today? And I could see her little mind saying, oh, she's asking me really important stuff that I need to think about. So I've asked her these things before. So when she comes to me, she knows she's gonna ask me how my day was, Ask me, how's my summer going? Ask me, am I happy? She's going to really accept me for where I am in my life. And I think that's just something we need to learn how to do with everyone is being able to meet them right where they are. Exactly.
0: You know, I always ask people, sometimes um, it's interesting to hear the different answers, but I always talk about fame and fame for me is more about having an impact, being a thought leader right? Understanding your purpose to become that person who you're meant to be. And so tell me a story that comes to mind about a moment that you saw yourself as being famous.
1: I've been very, very fortunate, and I've had lots of those opportunities. One in particular was in my recent assignment uh, with an organization in Cleveland, and just being handed the department and said, build it, come up with a plan and build this organization. So building takes on a lot of different meanings. So I went down and I explored all those meanings. I hired staff and I loved hiring staff that really resonated to the full person. So each and every person I brought into the organization from a talent acquisition perspective, knew I wasn't just hiring you to recruit. I was hiring you to sell. And I want you to sell everywhere. I want you to sell when you're at the airport, when you're at the grocery store. I want you to talk to people, everyone you know, and meet and ask them what they're doing for a living. You never know who knows who. You're sitting in the stands at your son's basketball game and you've been sitting at this in the stands a couple that you, you've seen. Ask them what they do for a living. You never know. Father might be an engineer that just recently lost his job. Mother might be between careers. Aunt might be looking for that next great opportunity that she just got received her education. There's potential to bring good people into good organizations. And good people draws in good people. And that I am convinced.
0: I love that. You know, it's, it's a little different perspective, but I was at an appointment. I've been on this treatment. And so I was talking to the doctor and I don't know why we were talking about what I did out of all those times that I've been there. And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, I need your services. And I was like, oh, my God, we've been talking to each other for a year. And just now I told her what we did because of where our conversation took us. But I never thought there was a potential to be a client. So like you said, always, always get to know the person. Tell them a little bit about what you do. Who knows? You know, they might have somebody for you. They might need you. You just never know.
1: You never know until you stick your neck out to make that connection. It's just like a turtle sometimes. Tur- turtle kind of sticks at the neck to wonder, oh, is this the right thing to do? Don't second guess yourself reach out, reach across the table. Another one of my biggest fears is that we're not doing that right now. And because we're not doing that, to me, it feels like we're doing our entire country a disservice by not reaching across the table with one another.
0: You're totally right. So in that perspective, tell me three lessons learned in your life.
1: Go against the grain of your fears. Number one, Because your fears are your biggest blockers. Like most anyone, you have a little bit of your mother and a little bit of your father in you. My father's very much an introvert. So, being someone in human resources, not a good match. I draw upon my mother and my mother's expertise in being an extrovert. And I'm an extrovert when I want to be. But you call me at 10 o'clock and you better believe I'm reading a book or I'm reading some meditative material or I'm meditating. Just to make sure that I'm the very best person I could be the next day for you. I always consider myself a conduit. And that's probably one of the biggest things. The second biggest things I've learned is to be adaptable. Make yourself fluid like water. To be understanding. To use some buoyancy. And to make sure, just like water. And most, some waters are salient. They're, you know, very clear. That's something that I've learned in my experiences. And I say the third thing, always approach individuals from a place of love. Really, that's what it's all about. And that's a squishy word. And oh, my gosh, there's a word you should. You should not use this in corporate environment, blah, 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 blah. But really, I'm going to be authentic and I'm going to be very salient in saying to you, let us operate in love and respect towards one another so we can accomplish the missions and goals of this organization, of this community, of this country.
0: Exactly.
1: So tell me where you
0: see yourself, April, in the next 10 years.
1: That's a very good question. I have actually been kind of moving, or or I don't know if The spirits are moving me somewhere, but I'm moving more into that DENI space. So I'm just like myself. I know myself. I'm a huge advocate of learning. I gotta learn and learn, learn, and learn. And I learn all of this stuff so that I could be, once again, a conduit to help others to bridge gaps. So I'm I'm learning even more about DENI. I'm learning more to be authentic in some of my writing. So 10 years from now, I definitely plan one, possibly two books. I definitely want to work in that DE&I space. And I have read your book and I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, great. So you are a mentor and you, you may have not have known it, but you're a mentor to me. And I've always advocated for women's issues. And I think in the next 10 years, probably I'm going to be doing a lot more of that, advocating more to women, being a mentor to young women and just making sure we're having these authentic conversations. I, I'm convinced that women rule the world. (laughs) I so agree with you. I so agree with you. I'm so (laughs) convinced that we have the capabilities and the right hormones to do so. If we kind of get together on a larger scale, there is nothing we can't do. Absolutely nothing.
0: Our blocks are all in our heads and we keep ourselves from achieving more because we block ourselves. Nobody's blocking us. Nobody's telling us. It's ourselves that
1: block us to not achieving more. Absolutely. And we we get kind of caught up in our everyday lives and we don't think about reaching out. There are people probably next door to you in your own community that are struggling with the same things you are struggling with, but you don't have to struggle alone. Let's have those conversations with your employer when you've met the love of your life And you want to be able to have a remote opportunity. But the great part in between that remote is hybrid. So you could have me two days a week in Cincinnati, but the rest of the three days, I'm being the most important person I can to the most important person in the world right now is yourself and making sure you're advocating for yourself.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, April, for being on the show. I really enjoyed this beautiful time with you. You are a wealth of information. Uh, Yes, you are definitely a learner. And when we learn, 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 we have so much to give. And so thank you. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. Thank you for your time. And and thank you for those thoughtful questions.
0: And thank you, everybody, for listening to The Brown Therapist Show. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to The Brand Therapist. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you would like to connect on social, you can find me at Yamoka Rodriguez Branding or bespokebranding.io. And if you would like to do the brand character quiz, go to bespokebranding.io and click on Brand Quiz. Or you can email me at yamilka at yamilka.com. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you on the next episode.